everybody, welcome back to College Football Uncensored. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, your favorite tweeter, Chris Marler. Favorite fine bomb guest. <laughs> yeah, should we just start the episode there? Because what a what an electric performance there. First off, it was um it was pretty great. It was like the first time like he asked me about actual football stuff. Um because he always asked me about like jokes and shit. It's like, like there was like one time he's like, what's it like making jokes in 2020? And I was like, I like, and, and Duff was like, Hey man, like make sure next time they make you talk about football. Cause like, you know what you're talking about sometimes. I was like, yeah. So anyway, it was, um, but I, it was funny cause I got to go on strictly based off the Kirby video. Like, yeah, the, the whole, like him making all that, uh, like, you know, all the cuss words and, and shit like that in that video is why they let me come on <laughs> and like, promote the show. And you like trying to do it word for word without putting the cuss words in it was just <laughs> interesting. Was that on the fly too? Yeah, it was so weird. I was like, uh, like because I, I was surprised that he said he hadn't heard it. I'm not yeah. sure if I believe that. Yeah. Um, but no, it was uh, it was like the 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 best moment, of course, was and this is like if you missed it. So like Paul, Paul um, always makes a comment about my weight always and i like was like it, it like frustrates me and i haven't been on um since the breakup and you know thanks to depression um i've lost like 20 pounds so that's been pretty cool and, I and remember now everyone said, knows that and now everyone knows that because <laughs> as i was as he was signing off um i got caught on the hot mic talking to the producer because <laughs> the producer's in my ear and uh and i go thanks dude tell paul i lost 20 pounds and like <laughs> and then just like dipped but they caught they caught the whole thing um because i guess like like they hadn't cut his mic off yet and so it, it honestly sounded like i was saying it to uh to paul to paul yeah, yeah. but it, it was not that was not the point so that was hilarious man but it was it was a good um good spot for you man i thought that, i thought it was a good performance and um yeah yeah always interesting to do live tv i'm sure for sure um so i guess we gotta start here uh big news coming out of Gainesville today. Dan Mullen. I don't think it's necessarily surprising news. You figured if they lost one of the last two games to Missouri or Florida State, that it would be over for them. And they went ahead and lost the first one available to them. Um and uh <laughs> Mullen is out. Um just in heartbreaking fashion there at the end there in overtime. Oh my God, you're the worst. You knew Missouri had to go for two there because Florida was just, that's just, they're not, they're not game to play defense right now. And so they played pretty well in this game. Yeah. They held Missouri they like 286 yards. They did. Um, but Mullen out um, had to happen. And I just think, yeah. and again, we, we've said before, Mullen's a good coach. Um, I don't know if he's a good head coach. Right. I, I think he is, I, but I don't, I mean, I don't like him. He's, he's not going to take a career step back and, and start like start over and be an OC. Like, I'm like, he's not going right. to do that. I mean, he's been a head coach since 2009. Right. So it's like, he's been a head coach for 13 years. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I always thought NFL, but I do wonder if his kind of like weird antics with the media will hold him back from getting an NFL job. And so, I always thought he'd be better for for it because he, I mean, admittedly does not like to recruit or he right. hasn't said that straight up, but it definitely seems like he's just not down. Um, so I wonder where he will end up. You know, maybe maybe it's in the NFL as an OC at first. Right. Um, 
But I, don't well, I do know. not think he's an, uh, a head coach in the NFL. No. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happens with him, but um, obviously early odds are out, and we've talked about these before. I mean, they, they're they there, I think, for people to enjoy. I don't know how, how necessarily true they are or right. you know representative of what's going on. But interestingly enough, Billy Napier, at least this website that I'm on, uh, BetSided, which is, I guess, yeah. a sub- subsidy of fan-sided. So immediately I'm like, I don't even know if these are real. But Billy Napier plus 300 is the leader in the clubhouse, which right. I think actually that would be a fantastic hire. I do worry jumping from Louisiana to Florida seems like a big jump. Um, yeah. But he's been in the SEC in the past, and he's a saving guy. Um and two other saving guys are right there. Also, Mario Cristobal and Lane Kiffin are both at plus 350. Luke Fickle, plus 500. James Franklin, plus 550. Bill O'Brien, plus 700. I That's, no. Um, He's like then, a leading candidate at Virginia Tech. Yeah, he'd be a good fit there. And then Bob Stoops at plus 800, which would be interesting, you know, coming out of retirement, going back to the school that he, you know, made his name at as a defensive right. coordinator. Where do you see him going? So I, I I just think that you're an idiot if you don't go with Luke Fickle at this point. Um, you know, I understand the Billy Napier thing, and there's a lot of people that have a lot of faith in him. I think it's like impressive what he's been able to do with like a school like Louisiana, um, formerly Louisiana Lafayette. But like I, Luke Fickle is a guy that he, Ohio State passed up on, and he was like admittedly like frustrated about that. He's done wonders at Cincinnati. Um, and part of that is that he's been able to recruit to Cincinnati and, you know, like, I, I just have a hard time. Like, I don't think Kiffin's going to go there. Cristobal, I have a hard time thinking he's not going to end up at Miami, no matter what the rumors are about Kiffin going to Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think the the other part of it too, is like the dominoes are going to start to fall. Cause like, I think Cristobal is a thousand percent going to be done in Oregon. And like from what we've heard, how like his you know wife isn't a big fan of Eugene, um, and and like they proved once again, and this is probably on him, but they've proven once again like they can't win up there. Like, yeah, I, I do. You know, I think everyone loves Crystal Ball, the candidate, because he is a great recruiter. Uh, right. Admittedly, he's a great recruiter, and he's got ties to the state of Florida. He played at Miami, yeah. so. There is that in college football. A lot of it is having the better players, but let's not forget that he was fired as the FIU coach, and yeah. it, he was. And I'm, you can learn from things, and you can get better over time. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like this, this, this game against Utah is a perfect example. I feel like of Crystal Ball. Like there's just these games. Like of course they beat Ohio State earlier in the year i think if they replayed that game it wouldn't be close um i don't know man i just i don't know that he's the best coach but sometimes the college football doesn't really matter if you get the best players so i think we'll also like he's he's a he's a dude that's that's like in the pac-12 i think when i said they they can't they can't win there like they're they're gonna win i mean they went to a new year's six bowl game last year which was poor shit because they basically got in because of like the covid rules Mm -hmm. but at the same time like you can't win consistently there. They just they, they've proven proven over and over again, and and they're not going to make the playoff. Like the Pac-12 has become so obsolete in terms of like relevance. I don't, you know, I, I don't know why he would stay there. If, I mean, because I always I always say this: 
it surprised me like when Brett Bielema left Wisconsin to go to Arkansas, Wisconsin is a job where, especially what he had like rolling there, you're going to win 10 games every year. You're going to get to a Rose bowl, like every third or fourth year or maybe fifth year. I don't know. And, and like you, you've put together this like program that is like nationally recognizable. I don't know if you're going to be able to recruit like, you know, as well as maybe you would in Arkansas, but like you, you're basically, you were set up to have a guaranteed trip to the big 10 championship game every year. And he just kind of threw that away to go play in the toughest division in college football. And I think that that I, I don't understand that, but a lot of coaches want that kind of um, competition. And so if, if that's the case, then like Cristobal should a thousand percent take this job and especially over Miami. Yeah. 100%. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, it seems like in these, these, coaching searches a lot of times the candidate you think is going to go there that makes all the sense in the world doesn't end up going there um but for florida they got to get it figured out man the first the last three coaches they've hired have not worked out well um i mean i mean this one it, it, did not like it started out better well look he, he so this was he was in his fourth season he started out right. 21 and 5 in his first two years which is mm -hmm. about like when you're taking over a team especially you know from McElwain, who was less than Born stellar seven. um and you go in your first two years you go in 21 and five like even as a four state fan i was like damn they they nailed that higher especially as compared yeah. to us with willie taggart i was like jesus like you couldn't be more different but since then he's 13 and 10 this season has been an outright disaster like yeah i mean you just and it, it is it goes back to the fact that he just wasn't a great recruiter and they don't really have like a ton of dynamic playmakers on that team, which is just insane to think about right in the state of Florida. Um, so obviously well, the, the other part of it too, is that like Mullen, I don't think his performance on the field is what got him fired. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he just went out of his way to, kind of make his bed like well before this or dig his own grave. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he, he is, he, he just like, I remember saying this last year after the A&M game is that I thought that angry Mullen after like a loss, especially he, he reminded me of me like after a loss, like, like irrational, upset, angry, like you're lashing out it, it you know, like whatever. And like, I feel like I have a good bounce back time with that now. Like, I'm not like just going to like continue to do it like, Oh, like forever. It's like, you know, like I'll, like I'll be upset for like five, 10 minutes or, whatever and then and then kind of get back to life but he was like he, he was so animated and and all the things he was saying were were things you shouldn't be saying as a head coach like yeah. we need to like they had fifty thousand people we need to pack out the swamp it's like all right we're in the middle of a global pandemic i get what you're saying but yeah. like he just he showed time and time again that his own personality is what really kind of cost him yeah he's a, he's a weird quirky dude um so that that job is open amongst many others um so what we'll see you know yep. yeah we got to talk about Drinkwitz. the oh. troll the drink was unbelievable <laughs> that's it was incredible i i forgot that that mullen did that during that game last year like because because i remember like when it was happening this is what i was saying too like it was you know the a m game was like the second game of the year um, and then this was like, I think Halloween weekend. So he, this is when they got into this like bench clearing, like almost brawl. And he's like pumping, he comes back out and is pumping up the crowd and like, and then shows up to the, the post-game press conference dressed as Darth Vader. Just a, just a weird dude. Who does that? 
I, I don't know, but us. I think with um with uh what do you call it? The the thing with um Drinkwitz, I was surprised he did it because I I, I think he like you you kind of had to know every, the writing was on the wall beforehand if he lost this game and he did. And so I think everyone kind of knew that he um he was gonna be gone. And so and Drinkwood still went ahead and just, you know, petty LaBelle, just whatever. <laughs> just only in college football, man. Um, so Florida owes Mullen a little more than $12 million on a buyout. If they want to get a guy like Cristobal, as an example, they got to pay another $9 million buyout just to get him out of his contract. So um, these things do not happen overnight. Um, I doubt that, you know, the, the season, if, if they want one of these guys who are – uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how fast it happens. But regardless, signing day is in less than a month. It's impossible oh, to put geez. together a class. So this is this is what you have to deal with now. If your school fires your coaches, you you start with hopefully the worst class that you're going to have uh, because there's just no time to build up a class. And they're coming off of consecutive classes that weren't necessarily horrible, but they weren't to Florida standards. So whoever gets in there, it may take a couple years to get that thing ramped up. That's fair. I agree with that. Um, let's talk quickly about the updated Heisman odds. And that may Ooh. parlay into talking about some of these games this weekend, because the two guys at the top of the list had incredible outings. Yeah. Um, so as of today on betonline.ag, CJ Stroud is now, the minus 210, the leader in the wow. clubhouse for the Heisman. Bryce Young plus 160, which I think is, I mean, at plus 160, I think that's a ticket I would probably take. Um, and then no one yeah. else is even close. Matt Corral plus 2,500. Wow. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Kenneth Walker, the third plus 2,800, which I think he pretty much lost it this past weekend. Um, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Jordan Davis, Will Anderson down there at the bottom. It's the two, it's a two man race. It's a two man race, but I will tell you this. I think that, um, so outside of that 94, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but I, I swear to God, I remember like the 94 Heisman ceremony had like seven people. Cause I'm pretty sure Jay Barker was there for Bama. Um, Warren Sapp was there for Miami. Steve McNair, the winner was Rashawn Salam because he had a 2000 yard season for Colorado. But I remember there, and like, you talk about like, Kerry Collins, Kajana Carter, these guys from like Penn State. Like, I just remember there being like a lot of people I felt like, like there if they were finalists. But for the most part, they haven't done over five. Like, they, they, we've seen three the 2014 um, Heisman, which was like they had one from each position. They had Amari Cooper, you had uh, Melvin Gordon, and then you had uh, Marcus Mariota who won. Um, I think I don't see them going over five. But I will tell you this my, my Texas Speed hot take. Um, I don't think I don't I think you're gonna have two SEC players invited and one of them is not gonna be Matt Corral. I don't think Matt Corral is even gonna be like a, technically a finalist in New York at this point, which really? is which is like kind of outrageous to think about because he deserves to be there and he's he's meant more to his team, you could argue, more than anyone in the country. Um and, and I think he deserves to be there, but like we see this play out all the time. Like this is always the way the Heisen voters seem to vote, it's rarely your full body of work. And it's a lot to do with how you close the season and what your stats are. I mean, he still has he still has the opportunity to go into Starkville. I think I think they're playing in Starkville this year um, and put up like a ridiculous game and, and win, you know, the Egg Bowl. 
But then you look at his, his numbers, like he's got 19 touchdowns and three interceptions. I think he has 10 rushing touchdowns. I don't think that Heisman voters are going, and especially with like the SEC fatigue, which I do think is a thing this year, partially because of Alabama. Um, he, his numbers have really kind of tapered off towards the end of the season. Um, I mean, you talk about like his like yeah. games and stuff like they, I mean, like, so he, he's had, this was the first game he's had since October 23rd. No, I might even be more, uh, further back than that. Um, this is the first game he's had since October 16th, where he's had multiple passing touchdowns in a game, which is like, just very surprising. Everything else is, is like one yeah. or zero. Um, so when you go on a stretch like that, where you've had four straight games with kind of underwhelming like stats, um, I think that that will tend to hurt you. And you have Kenny Pickett, who still potentially, I think, has a, a chance to play in the ACC. They, they are in the ACC championship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he'll have like a national stage against like a most likely Clemson's defense. Um, I would think uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe I it's think not. Wake has to lose out still. Yeah. I mean, which I, I just, you know, which is either way. He, I mean, like if, and if he plays Wake, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers and, and his numbers yeah. are already 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think the two guys that get invited from, um, from the SEC are going to be Bryce Young and Jordan Davis. Really? Jordan Davis. I mean, I think hell. after this weekend, especially when he's like, he's Beyonce, man. Directing yeah, the band. Like, Jordan Davis is Beyonce. It just, we, we, we just all collectively decided at some point, this guy's untouchable. This guy is, this person is like the goat. Everyone loves him. You cannot say anything negative about this person, like, or you will get absolutely ripped apart on, on social media. But like Jordan Davis is flat out Beyonce. He just, everyone, everyone knows who he is now and everyone loves him. And it doesn't really matter what like the resume is there. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have a good resume, but that's, that might be my Texas speed hot take. <laughs> All right. Should we get into the games this week? Because there was some, there were some close calls for some teams. There were some non-close calls. I think we should start there because it was the most boring of the games. Uh, Mich- Michigan State 7, Ohio State 56. Yeah. I told you it was going to happen. <clears throat> About that 10-year extension for 95 mil. Did he Did he sign that before the game? I hope he did, man, for his <laughs> sake, because that is a tough scene. Um, yeah, I mean, like... This was like one of those games where, I mean, I, I told you from the beginning why I didn't believe in this team. Like, yeah. just, the, and I hate, I hate to say that. in the FBS and right. past defense reared its like, ugly head, to say the least, this weekend. Oh, my God. It, he, so, and C.J. Stroud had, he was like 21 of 23 for 355 yards and, and five touchdowns in the first half <laughs> against the number seven team in the country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like Bryce Young put up big numbers, but he didn't do it against the number seven team in the country in this like you know national like all eyes on us like showdown. So they were up forty nine at the half. Um, CJ Stroud true. ties a school record with six touchdown passes, all of them in the first half. So six in the first so half. Thirty two of thirty five for four thirty two. At one point, he set an Ohio State record with seventeen straight completions. Um, it is a two-man show for Heisman right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Stroud has – there's not much to say from this game. I and mean, Kenneth Walker, he, we talked about it in the preview pod. He's nursing an ankle injury. He never got going. Six carries, 25 yards. Yeah. Ends his Heisman chances. Um, I, I wouldn't say that because he, he still has 1,700 yards. True, but I just – again, what have you done for me lately? I think this yeah. it's going to be viewed as the last two games. I don't think he's done much. Um, 
and part of it's not his fault. He's injured. Um, but uh, third 400-yard game for C.J. Stroud in 10 career starts. This is ridiculous, by the way. Fourth game, he's only played 10 in his career with at least five touchdown passes. So, I mean, you know, it's that Ohio State offense. But so coming out of that game, my question to you is, do you think that Ohio State is the one team that could challenge Georgia? No, I don't think anyone can challenge Georgia. <laughs> okay, like, there you go. I, I mean, like if if there was, I mean, sure, if you're like, like Ohio State's defense has certainly gotten better. Um, and I, I, I love Ryan Day's ability to like scheme up stuff, but I just think that, I'd tell you what, the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle Georgia will have to face, and I think, I think it'll be fine, is when they beat Alabama in two weeks, is getting back up emotionally for the rest of the season. Because, yeah. and, and that sounds stupid because you're talking about going into the playoffs, but you got to think about the monkey on their back that's been Alabama mm-hmm. and how long they've, I mean, they haven't beaten them since 2007. So, that's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. And that was an overtime too. It was, it was stupid. So, so whatever. Um, but like, like I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like that, that alone is going to be such a huge, like I said earlier, like monkey off your off their back, and I, I think they'll be fine. But but you'll have to, as a program, like make sure you're able to get back up, and it which shouldn't be difficult getting to the playoff and playing for a national championship. But that is, I mean, the overwhelming sense of relief they're going to have after beating Bama is going to be huge. Yeah, it's like it's like the Braves beating the Dodgers, though. You know, like mm-hmm. I felt like if you if you can. That felt like winning the World Series almost when we beat the, when right. the Braves beat the Dodgers, and then it's like okay, now we got to get back up and play the best other team in the league, and that's what Georgia's going to face. I do think they have the team to that will that will be fine doing that if right. they do beat George uh, Alabama. Um, and let's just go ahead and move to that game. Then obviously Bama forty two, Arkansas thirty five. It was a good game, man. Um, I was impressed Told with you. Arkansas. I, I knew I, I picked Arkansas to cover the spread, but I didn't think it would be this close. Um, and part of it was late scores made it a little bit closer. But um, again, story here is Bryce Young. I mean, 31 of 40, 559, five TDs, zero picks, highest passing yardage game in Alabama history. He had that by the third quarter. You, I can't. That's crazy, man. Um, what a find in Jamison Williams from the transfer portal. My God. Where, where would where Alabama be without him? him? Exactly. It, I'm th- if, if Bama didn't have Jamison Williams, and for some reason Will Anderson, like if Will Anderson said Chris Allen went down game mm-hmm. one, this team would be eight and three at best. Like They might be seven and four. I, I mean. They've had some closer games this year. Um, Alabama, they hit double-digit wins for the 14th consecutive season. Um, which ties the FBS record set by Florida State from 1987 to 2000. Um, and you're right. I mean, no Jameson Williams, and for whatever reason, I mean, obviously, huge loss if they didn't have Will Anderson. But if they didn't have those two guys, where would they be? Um, I don't know, but they ha- they do have them, so we should yep. uh... <laughs> we should probably talk about how good they were. So eight receptions, 190 yards, three touchdowns for Jameson Williams. Um, John Mechie also. Had a big game, ten catches, um, touchdown. What do he have? How many yards did he have? Like one hundred and seventy. Seventy-three. Yeah. So I mean, the offense continues to to do big things. Um, but 
you got to give a shout out to Arkansas's offense too. I mean, yeah. KJ Jefferson had a nice day, 326 yards, three touchdowns. Traylon Burks was incredible, 179 yards, two touchdowns. What were you thinking during this game? Because I, I was following the Twitter timeline. You were angry at parts. I was So it's like I've said from the beginning, this team does not do the little things to win like that elite championship teams do. And, and I'm, I'm, I've accepted that. Like I, like, I get it. I know it's coming in two weeks. Um, but like, like Bryce Young taking that sack. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous. And oh, he that, missed the field goal. That was, by the way, that was insane how much time he had to, to find a pat, like a, find a, a receiver. Yeah. I, mean, I was so actually texting with my buddies. I was texting with my buddies because, you know, we're used to like, as soon as four state snaps the ball, there's a defender in the backfield. I was like, it is insane to me how much time Bryce Young has to just kind of sit yeah. back there, wait for some receivers to get open. And yeah, that was a ridiculous play though. I can't believe he took a sack on that. The play before I thought that was a Heisman moment. I thought, I honestly thought that was going to be the one because, because I think at the time that puts us up by 21 and, and like they did what they had to do, right? Like they, they're up, they're up. What were they up at the half? Um, they're up 24 to 14 at the half and they get the ball coming out and, and they score first. So they go up by, by 17. And so now you've made it a three score game and you feel really good about it. Um, defense gets to stop and, and you drive down there. And I just like when he, the, the play before that sack where he like juked someone out of their fucking shoes, it was, it, it was an incredible run. Um, I think he did a tremendous job. Obviously when you talk about like, you know, like from start to finish um, anytime you're like almost at 80% passing and, and you're throwing for it's the second most, second most passing yards in an SEC game in the history of SEC football, right behind KJ Costello, who's the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time. Um, but I, like, I mean, I think you have to give like a lot of credit to Arkansas because they did not give up um, at any point. They, they, they like scratched and clawed their way. Like um, I think what ended up happening at the end is what bothered me. And that was like, what always happens, and that is fans immediately going to blame it on the refs. Immediately, like, and there was like, like the the call where he they were they almost reviewed him going into the end zone. Um, like, like, like there was like a, a a deep pass from KJ Jefferson where it looked like he was a touchdown. I think it was ruled a touchdown. They rule him down inside the one yard line. Oh yeah. The next play, they they run the ball up the middle, and the dude is standing in the end zone. And he's like flat out, and they were like the f- following plays under a further review, and you're like, "What are you? What is happening here?" Because he's a thousand percent standing in the end zone, um, and obviously it was ruled a touchdown. But I think stuff like that is what gives like um, kind of like fuel to the fire and this like the narrative about Bama getting all the calls. But yeah, there was a lot of things that did not go Bama's way in that game, and I think that when you like people are gonna hate this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, and I think if you're an objective person you can probably agree with this. Like if we're going to talk about like egregious calls, like the Traylon Burks touchdown on third down where he like blatant, I thought it was, I thought it was a delay of game. I was, I was a mansplained the rule over and over and over again on Twitter as always. Um, Just don't put the fuck, like then put the, add an extra second to the fucking clock. If it ticks down to zero, why are we like, I remember getting almost kicked out of this fucking middle school football game that I was like coaching in 2008 because they had 13 men on the field and, and it was like, or it was like um, 12 men on the field. And they were like jogging off the field as, as we snapped the ball. 
And I was like, it's 12 men on the field, it's 12 men on the field. And he's like, they were making the effort to get off the field, coach. I'm like, that's not the fucking rule. The, the rule is 12 men on the field. Like, what are we fucking doing? And so I just was like irate about it. I think the thing with the play clock, fine. But Traylon Burks just blatantly pushes off and then catches it and goes in for a score. I think that when you look back at the game, like this, this, it was close. It came down an onside kick at the end and all that kind of stuff. You're talking about a, a fake field goal, a bullshit offensive pass interference call. Great, um, ca- great catch by that guy, by the way, on that fake field goal. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> um, and like, so what a great call from Pittman too. And you go from fourth and four to mm-hmm. fourth and nine. And then, and, but also like on the fake field goal, you get like a, a, a pick from the fucking ref because we actually had it sniffed out. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that, um, I think the game could have been like way worse than it was, but it was, I mean, credit to Arkansas. It was, it was, um, they did a hell of a job. And I know that everything I just said, by the way, there's, there's going to be at least one person who is going to take what I just said as me being a homer and only giving Alabama props. And I don't like, we can go back and listen to it at some point, but I don't know how many times I could have said, give Arkansas credit there just before anyone gets upset. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, fun game to watch as a, just an unbiased observer. Um, we did get a voicemail from this game. Oh boy. So let me see here. Let me, let me, uh, get my screen going. I think someone was at the game. I'm, I haven't listened to this one yet. I've just read the, uh, yeah, so hopefully it's not bad. Hold on. Probably should turn on the sound here. It's Bo here again. Um, I'm driving home from uh, old Bryant-Denny Stadium. My wife's in the car. She's asleep. I'm just on I-20 here. Good Lord, that game. I don't know, man. I mean, offense was electric. It was great. Bryce Young put up quite the performance. But, man, defense just kept having missed assignments, blown coverages. And I, I don't know what to think about it. I, I know Arkansas is a good team, and I want to give them their credit to Sam Pittman. But, man... I thought we had it figured out, but we don't. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season. Auburn, you know, lost South Carolina today. Ooh, threw it in there. Um, they'll probably end up beating us. <laughs> God's an Auburn fan. God's an Have a good one, boys. He is. Everyone knows that. That's good. Uh, I love that message. That is that is a classic Bama fan. I love it, man. Just like um, – I, w- I will say this. Like – Kendall Bryles did a, fan, a phenomenal job, like that game plan. And, and I don't know how many plays they run, but it was like, it, it felt like it was a million, right? Um, and like the, the job that Sam Pittman's done, like it, we don't, we just don't talk enough about like two years ago, this program was the laughing stock of the SEC. Yeah. I mean, like, like everyone made, like Arkansas was Vandy. I mean, they, they really were like, like, like from a record standpoint, I mean, they were what, two and 10 in 2018, 2019. Yeah. I mean, just awful. And so I, I think that um, you, like, it really is, it's a testament to Sam Pittman, how great of a job he's done. No doubt. Yeah. Team on the rise for sure. And they're ahead of schedule. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, should we, should we pop over to the Auburn South Carolina game? Oh my God. This was the best. Uh, congratulations, Shane Beamer. Congratulations, South Carolina fans. Bowl eligible. I think the over under on yeah. their wins was three and a half this year. Um, I mean, 
how about the FCS transfer? Jason Brown. Yeah. Three touchdowns. Um, we, I, you know, before the game, I call, I, I thought South Carolina would cover, you know, Hey, South Carolina at night. It's, it's not a joke. These teams go in there. Yeah. It's a tough place to play. Obviously, Bo Nix not in this game. TJ Finley had a decent game, 188 yards and a touchdown, no picks. But Tanks Bigsby had a good game. But, man, what was South Carolina down 14? Were they, weren't they, they down pretty? Down 14, like, yeah, they were they down 14 Down 14-0, like from, from jump. Yeah, just an incredible fight. Um, and, and if you're an Auburn fan, man – you know, we talked about this in the preview pod. It's like we were very complimentary of Harson and all that, but you're staring six and six in the face, and that's yeah. under your win total. So worse than Vegas thought you'd be. Um, and just kind of a collapse here towards the end. I get that Bo Nix is, is hurt. I don't think he's like an incredible game changer. Um, and he's been in some of these games where they lost. They blew a 28-3 lead uh, with him at the helm. So... I don't know. What were your thoughts on this game? Um, my biggest takeaway was this. Like, we did we did praise a lot of Brian Harson, and I think there's still a lot to be made from that and, and and all that. Like, I will say this meant so much to South Carolina fans because one, you're bowl eligible, and then also because of the fact that um uh hey, I'm recording the podcast, so I'll call you back. Um so um nice. there's like yeah, there you go. Um it was an important call. Uh, but like like there's there's like that's so so great um from a fan standpoint because you you've really tried to um i guess like like i mean like they have been just so far down beneath where they want to be and where they were five years ago you know and to go from bowl el- i mean to be bowl eligible and yeah. you're i mean you're like if, if you're a south carolina fan and you and you're somebody's telling you the beginning of the year you guys are five and five and you have a chance to be bowl eligible. That alone is a huge fucking victory. Yep. But if somebody's telling you, that, like, it's just, especially at the start of the year, and then the left on the schedule is Auburn and Clemson. Like, right. and, and by the way, you're starting the third string quarterback from the start of the year. Who's an FCS transfer. Right. And so a tremendous job, I think, from Beamer and his whole staff. And, and it's, it, it really is, like, it's awesome to see, like, the student section at the South Carolina is fantastic. Um, they they were awesome. Um you know, and, and they, and like, and you saw, I don't know if you saw the videos of these Auburn players, like before the game, like, like, I think it was smoke Monday. was just like double, double birds to like the, and like, they were all talking shit to like the student section. And then it comes back to haunt you. And obviously you, you lose, you blow this 14 point lead. Guess he didn't want that smoke. Oh, there it is. Brother. Um, I just think that uh, the biggest takeaway I had from this was Shane Beamer said something after the game. And he said, you talk about SEC football, big boy football, whatever it was. We ran the same two plays over and over and over again in the second half. We ran yeah. two plays. Which would just hurt your to, feelings if you're an Auburn fan. Right. To, to get to get you beat like that, that is like, oh, man, that's tough. Um. So, yeah, man. South Carolina, 2-8 and eight last year. Yeah. Um. So, already at six wins. Got a, You host Clemson. You know, and Clemson's gotten – better as the seasons progressed right. you'll be a big underdog in that game but to be in this spot um just incredible and um we called it too you know with the, the kicker ben Patton, 25 yeah. 25 yard field goal that he missed in the game um we do have some voicemails from this okay. from this um 
So I will I will share. I've got a couple here. Here's the first one. Uncle Chris, Tyler Huck. No one gave us a chance to get fucking Auburn, and we fucking won. <laughs> Chris, you know I fucking love you. We helped you out. You're gonna beat Auburn. Auburn's done. Twenty-eight to three. Mississippi State broke Auburn, and we just completed the process. Love you guys. Love the pod. Keep it up. Bye bye. <laughs> that is awesome. That might be my favorite. Mouth. That is incredible. Hold on. Who is that? Let's just let's just go back. Um, no, you can't, can you? Yeah, no, um, I can. It's a it's an eight six four area code. We won't. It is won't. David Carter. I knew it was David Carter. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a fantastic, a fantastic uh, message. I love that. Uh, this one's not as lively, but it's it's talking about a live bet and talks about how awesome we are. So I'll play. Okay. Hey, fellas, uh, long time listener, fourth time caller. <laughs> Uh, just wanted to say, you know, if Jason can just unilaterally proclaim resident Florida fan status, I should be able to claim resident gambler status. 888 minutes. If you got a problem, call. Let your friends know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the hot takes didn't go so well this week. Um, not important whose hot takes they were, but... Uh, not looking great, Bob. Um, and Oregon also not looking great. Anyway, live bet South Carolina right now. Uh, should be. It's about the fourth quarter, about nine ten. Um, hopefully that'll help round me out. But still love what you're doing. It's the my favorite pod. And you know what? I love it. I felt alive today, GD. <laughs> I felt alive because I was betting. It was amazing. I listened to the pod, and I love college football. Little drunk. <laughs> noon games will creep up on you but uh keep it coming and i'll keep on listening love you lots ttyl <laughs> you get the old ttyl there at the end the sign off there love you lots <laughs> yeah love you too dude that was great that was fantastic that, like i tell you what anytime you guys want to send uh voicemails like that i i'm just game it doesn't even matter if there's a, a game played because that is um that's a pick me up i needed yeah um, we'll do one more in the SEC, and then we'll quickly cover. Well, well, Oregon, Oregon just getting absolutely dominated by Utah. But yeah, there's not much to talk about there. I mean, like no, you know. I mean Jesus, you, it like just yeah. didn't even show up. I mean, what game are we gonna talk about in the SEC? Well, I just wanted to get to the uh, the Florida Missouri game because we don't really talk about okay. the game. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we we can skip. Uh, Oregon basically lost themselves a chance at the college football playoff at this point. So um, did not bad. show up. They, you know, Utah comes out just dominates from from the start. They they return that punt right before halftime. Oh, that was the backbreaker to go up twenty eight zero. And it's just like, man, you're not coming back from that unless yeah, you're Mississippi yeah. State or the Patriots. Um, yeah, fair. So Florida will wrap up here because we do have some voicemails from that game as well. Um, congrats, good on you, Missouri. I mean, you're also yeah. now bowl eligible. Um, Florida for for all we thought about Florida, and and we and we were on Missouri because we just weren't convinced that Florida would show up. Their defense showed up, man. I mean, yeah. the, Missouri only had 286 yards of total total offense. Um, but well, both defenses showed up. I mean. Yeah, Missouri. Missouri held Florida to 93 yards rushing. 
Which is insane given how good Florida's been at rushing and how bad Missouri's been at stopping the run. Right. Um, but you get, you know, the t- what was your thoughts? Uh, were you watching that game pretty pretty uh, closely or no? Um, I watched the ending because it was on at the same time as the Bama game. So what were your thoughts when Florida got the ball like on their own? I don't know. I can't remember. If it was like on their own 30. And there was like a minute and 13 left and they just basically gave up. They're like, we'll just play for overtime. Yeah, I mean you're on the road, but it it, yeah. it it didn't feel like it was like one of those things where it I think I think when you have a if you're in a situation like you're in um with I mean like also Mizzou had just missed a field goal, right? I mean like mm-hmm. I think when you're in a situation like Dan Mullen was in and I say was cuz obviously he's fired now, like there's few things that I feel like would rally the troops like more than being like, you know what? Like, I still fucking believe in us. Like, let's let's try to go down and score. And 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 by the way, I'm an offensive guru, so I have the I have the game plan. Like, let's figure it out. Let's let's at least make an attempt. And to see him kind of like you know fold up, um, shop, fold up shop, and, yeah, yeah. And like, um, I, I just I, that was very surprising to me. Um, but like, because basically what you're what you're doing if you had an overtime is you're already, I mean, you're already in. Uh, you know, you're at the 25 yard line. You're you're basically just like letting your defense say that like you think that they're going like your offense has been shit all day and scored 16 points against one of the worst defenses in the country is going to be good enough to score. And your defense, which has been horrible, but they've been good that day, was going to be good enough to win you a game like that on the road. I just I was I was surprised. And Florida came out in that overtime and scored on a trick play, which. I don't know, man. Kind of embarrassing right. in itself, honestly. But, um, <laughs> um, and I text my buddies because, of course, as a Florida State fan, you've always got your eye on your rivals and what they're doing. And I had my eye on that game as as well as the Bama game. And when Missouri scored, I was like, "You got to go for two here. There, you, it's not even a question. You just what? What do you have to lose? I mean, obviously, bowl eligibility, I, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, they they complete the it was kind of a messy play, but they complete the two point conversion, win the game. Missouri's off to a bowl. Florida now finds itself with no head coach, playing at home next week against their rival. Both teams five and six, trying to make a bowl, so it'll make it at least somewhat interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, man, Florida just I don't know, you know, I, just shocking at how bad they were this year as compared to, you know relative expectation i don't think anyone thought yeah. they were going to win the east but five and six is is not good enough and yeah I think Dorian they've admitted that on the, on the preview pod and it was kind of surprising i'm not like and i'm not trying to like throw door under the bus but he made this he made a good point i thought at the time which was like you know you guys didn't believe in any of these guys last year like you didn't believe in trask and you didn't you know mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff but but it does i mean shout out joe morrison from the group because he's you know he's a guy that like has been on this this bandwagon from the beginning um but I think that um, what <laughs> I think that uh, I'm, I'm reading some of these messages. Um, but like, late night voicemails get a little strange. <laughs> yeah, um, it looks like it. But no, I, I think that um, I think that when you like when you have a situation where you start looking back on it and like because he put himself in a situation where like now all of a sudden all of your resume is going to start getting looked at. Like don't I mean like don't give yourself. Like, don't, don't give your boss a reason to start like looking at like your whole body of work. Right. Because then you just start noticing stuff. It's like, well, you barely beat this team or you, you know, got really lucky with this team. And then, and, but then you start thinking about like, I mean, he didn't even like, should 
should Trask have been starting the whole time over Felipe? And it's just, anyway, all that's like hindsight's 2020, but it just, I mean, it, it did not help him this weekend. No. And we got two voicemails that will wrap up the pod. Um, this one first, just about this game. The second one is just, I think, an A&M fan, which obviously we're not going to go over that game, but I think they, you know, we'll just play it at the end. Hey, guys, this is Jason, your uh, Florida representative. Hey, luckily this time I watched the game under the influence. So, yeah, I'm actually not mad, not hurt. Just looking at the different ways that Dan Mulligan sincerely fuck himself. Um, so we lost today in overtime. Still don't know what the fuck happened. You know, whatever. Emory Jones played the whole game. Not quite sure why, but whatever. Um, I think the thing that sucks the most is now we are next week have set ourselves up for a uh, fight to the death with Florida State <laughs> to figure out which one wants to go to the Birmingham Bowl and get uh, confetti for a prize. <sighs> so uh, I'm just, let's just hope that Dan Mullen doesn't really, you know, that he just finds, like he can just find his way wherever uh, Grantham is, and they can sit over there and live happily ever after collecting their buyouts. Well, Todd Grantham didn't get shit, so fuck it, but yeah. So, yeah. I had a chance to watch the other games, and that went well, so hope everybody's doing well, and hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas and New Year's and all that great shit, so yeah. Jason out. Jason out, man. That's incredible. I've enjoyed Jason's voicemails every week. It's been great. He's legit. Um, all right. Anything before we play this last? Uh, what is this? this you, I, I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. The Google Translate has it sounding very strange, um, but we haven't listened to it yet. Um, but it looks like it It was came in late, late Saturday, early Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, anything else before? Nervous. We'll play this as, a, as our oh. outro. All right. Hey, what's up, T Huck and Daddy? I mean, Uncle Chris. Oh, oops. Uh, this is a fourth time caller. Y'all played all my other ones, but I figured I'd give y'all my name because I realized I haven't done that yet. Uh, my name's Carson. I'm the resident Aggie fan here. Um, and I think you should give me and Jason just a segment on the show, man. I always love Jason from over there in Florida's uh, voicemails, but. I bet he is fucking down bad right now, man. That <laughs> man lost Missouri on that great play. But as for me, I went and watched my Aggies play some BS FCS team. Um, but it meant a lot to me because it was my last home game as a student oh, wow. at Texas wow. A&M. So that was a little bit of a bittersweet moment. But, man, how about South Carolina pulling that out? It was so great to see fucking Shane Beamer just being <laughs> really happy for his team there at the end of the game and getting them bowl eligible. I felt really damn good about that. Uh, but man, <laughs> it must be really fucking bad to be an Oregon fan right now, man. Pac-12 always does what's worse for the Pac-12. Um, that's it. I love you guys. Keep it up. Bye. Love that that's shit, awesome. man. Hey, that was great. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed that last game. There, it, there's, it's not even bittersweet, man. It's just the worst. Realizing yeah. it's your last game as a student, but I'm here to tell you that for me. 
I kept going back to games a couple of year for the, the the next five years out of college. Um, yeah. Then when you settle in with the family, it gets a little harder to do that. But I hope you enjoyed it, man. Thanks for listening to the pod. Uh, Chris, anything else before we let the, let the listeners go? No, man, I really appreciate it. Honestly, the uh, uh, holidays are tough. Um, I will say, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, DMs are open if, it, if anybody's like struggling with shit. Um, I mean, I've been pretty transparent with you guys about just what's going on with me. And it's not been easy, especially this weekend. Um, but holidays coming up, if anybody needs to talk to someone, like I'm more than willing, like, like I said, DMs are always open. You can, I mean, honestly, you can call me. I'll give you my number. Didn't I? Don't give a shit. Um, and because nobody deserves to go through some of that shit alone. So, uh, I hope everyone is is having a. a I don't mean I, ideally nobody would have to call, and everyone's doing great and and happy. Um, and we'll yeah. obviously talk to you again before Thanksgiving. But really appreciate those messages. Like the, those, a huge pick me up, man. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm a little I'm a little sad because next week's the last regular season week. It's gone fast, man. It's crazy. Yeah, but I did uh, not expect that. Yeah, it's gonna be. We'll have, we'll be back this week with the preview pod. Hope to have it out before you get on your travels for Thanksgiving, and um, we will cover the rivalry week, which should be a great set of games coming up. And uh, with that, for Chris and Tyler, we're out. <laughs>